Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the first episode of our brand new Star Trek series uh, here on Pretending With Dice, uh, Frontier. Uh, for those of you who maybe didn't tune in for our session zero, uh, let's uh, reintroduce our cast and the uh, characters that they're going to be playing. Uh, who wants to go first? Me, why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm Eden. You've heard me on other things on this podcast, and I'm playing Ensign Johnny Connor. Hello, I, I'm Amy. Um, I, you've also heard me on Pretend with the Dice and also probably with uh, Penance RPG. I'm playing, this time I'm playing Lyra Murphy, well, reprising the role of Lyra Murphy, um, who is our half Bajoran, half human. Hello everybody, I'm Mark. I've been on Pretending with Dice a few times previously, and for this game I will be playing the character of Lieutenant Commander Sabin Ray. And finally we've got Dragon. Hello. Um, I've, again, like the others, I have been on Pretending with Dice before. I'm also part of Penance RPG. I am playing Commander Anerin Irela, uh, who is the new Chief Medical Officer. Okay, so let's, uh, well, without any further ado then, let's, let's jump into our first episode. Captain's Log, Stardate 54972.9. It feels like the end of an era. Today, we're returning home to Earth for the first time in what seems like forever. We'll be putting in for a long overdue refit, and the crew will see their first extended shore leave in months. More importantly, however, we'll be bidding farewell to a member of the family. Dr. Callis, our chief medical officer, will be leaving us for a well-deserved retirement. Many of us owe our lives to her skills, and her absence is going to be felt by the whole crew. Personally, though, I think I'll miss our late-night chess games the most, and I know I'm not alone in considering her a close, lifelong friend. Still, it does not do to dwell too much on the changing of the Guard. For better or worse, it's the Starfleet way of life to always be forging new paths, trusting in those we serve with, no matter if they're old friends or new acquaintances. Looking to the future, then, while many of the crew will be eager to disembark for some much-needed R&R, something I can't really blame them for, I for one can't wait to get this refit over with, get back out into space, and find out what new horizons are waiting for us. So, we fade in on our first scene. The bridge of the USS Tenzing, a Nebula-class Federation starship, inbound and on final approach to Starbase One in orbit of Earth. On the bridge are the majority of the ship's current senior staff. In the main chair, the captain, Harrison Collins. Well-respected, a veteran of the Dominion War, he's been in command of the USS Tenzing for the past six years. On his right hand is his first officer, Commander Talyn, a Vulcan. Known by the crew as firm but fair, she's professional to a fault, and one of Starfleet's more promising up-and-coming new officers. Manning Tactical is the ship's Chief of Security, Lieutenant Commander Grant, and at the helm is Ensign Soss, who uh, listeners may remember from our accidental away mission one-shot. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Ray, uh, you're the Chief Science Officer, is it likely that you're on the bridge at this point? Yeah, so I am stood at the science station. Mm -hmm. I would say just behind where the captain is sitting. It's yeah, it's a, it's a similar layout to the. It's basically the same layout as the Enterprise D, 
um, right, so galaxy class bridge. bridge style thing. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I'll be I'll be stood at um, one of the science stations uh, behind where the captain's chair is. Okay. Beavering away at a pad. Okay. Uh, Lieutenant Murphy, would you say you're on the bridge at this point? Yeah, uh, she'll be up. She'll be up there. Yeah. Probably, I'd probably be at the um, security desk. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you're up there. You're you're kind of near to your boss, who's uh, tactical right now. But uh, yeah, I would say maybe. Ensign Connor is not on bridge duty. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought so. His rank doesn't really dictate him being up there. No. So, where would Ensign Connor be hanging out in this sort of um, final? Well, what are his duties day to day? Is kind of the question. Mm. Um, he works in security, so I could be doing inventory on weapons. True. I could be checking torpedo bays. Could be. Checking the integrity of the field in the prison. You could be practicing your phaser skills. Oh, my bone breaking techniques. Well, this, <laughs> is, <laughs> this is the question then, uh, Lieutenant Murphy. Your your Ensign Connor's kind of like supervisor. Mm. <laughs> Where have you sent him today? Mm. Oh, knowing that the ship is on final approach to Earth, what what duty have you given to Ensign Connor? I would say that I'm probably giving him the most tedious task I could think of that's going to take him all day just because she can. <laughs> well, no. Uh, just to keep him out of trouble, really. Okay. Because I know she'll know he'll be really excited about the journey home and um, but also excited that um, to be, to get everything sorted. Because he's, oh, yeah. he's yeah, she's got to keep an eye on him. <laughs> Make sure he's well-rounded, at least. Okay, so maybe some kind of inventory job then. <laughs> yeah, or like some like um, decoding exercise or something. Okay. Like he's got to figure out some sort of um, uh, old like a signals test. Yeah, like a like a communication, like a a code-breaking kind of test. <laughs> oh, it's not really up his uh, avenue. So yeah. <laughs> Might be at that for a while. How about this then? Um, so, Ensign Connor, then you are in the armory. Okay. You've been tasked with checking the um, status of all of the. Well, you're in. You're in Armory C on deck four. Let's say I don't yeah. have a deck plan in front of me. <laughs> um, and you've been tasked with the extremely important um, job. Of checking that all of the phaser rifles are in full working order before the ship goes in for its refit. Um, what does that mean? I get to fire the phaser rifles? Well, or am I just checking batteries? Kind of <laughs> <laughs> checking batteries. Yeah, you're, you're kind of checking batteries, really. <laughs> but if you, if you find any faults, I mean, who knows? You might need to you might need to test them out a little bit. Okay. Uh, let's add, you know what? <laughs> let's do our first roll of the series then. To have okay. you, I'm guessing this. It'll be a a reason check, but I, I need you to. It'll either be reason engineering or reason security. I, I'm looking at your sheet here. A reason security check would be better for you. Yeah, much better. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the one in terms of like he's going to know his equipment. He might mm -hmm. not know exactly how it works, but he'll know whether a phase is working or not. Yeah, he's he's, he's used them enough, at least in training, to know that. Okay, so this is actually be a difficulty one test, I think. So you need one success on two D twenty. So okay. you need uh, reason, uh, reason security. Then you need to get a thirteen or under on either of the dice. Okay. Fourteen and a ten. Okay, yeah. So that's the, just your one success, one failure, okay. but not a critical failure. So okay, yeah. It's uh, with one success. Yeah, you, you know you're you're getting on well. You're. Um, you're kind of in a bit of a windowless room down here on your own, but um, so you, you're a little bit losing track of time. <laughs> but um, Don't get to see the approach on Earth. Yeah, I mean, there's some screens and stuff. So if you wanted to, you could bring up a, a view from outside. But how would you say Ensign Connor is focused on his job? And I'd say that he's he's doing it with a begrudging air about it. That there's a definite feeling of like I should be able to see out the window right now, and I should, <laughs> there should be the opportunity for me to see Earth. I'm trying to decide whether or not like has Johnny been there before? Is this as big a deal as like kind of I'm a human? Have I never been to my home planet? Well, well, even though you're not from Earth, though, you I mean you would have spent a few years here attending Starfleet Academy. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So yeah. 
it's still exciting to come back and he's peeved about that so we'll leave it at that yeah okay so <laughs> back on the bridge then <laughs> where the real action's happening um <laughs> I can see this being a thing that every once in a while we have to check in with the um oh, what's the term from Always Sunny? Charlie work. <laughs> we have to check in with the Charlie work that um <laughs> that Tony's doing. Um but uh, yeah, no, I'm not gonna be that harsh with you. It's not gonna be a whole season of like exciting adventures happening to three of you and while well, <laughs> Johnny's not checking choice, inventory. Find out what <laughs> yeah. He's gonna be a bit more kind to me in future, but we'll see. <laughs> when you learn. Yeah. <laughs> Is, is Connell actually lower decks material at this Probably. point? Probably. Uh, kind of. He's in the security detachment, but yeah, he's out of the out of the three of you. He's he's definitely a little bit further down the ladder, let's say. He's the lowest of the three security officers. <laughs> yeah. I feel anyway. like there's more security officers than, than three on this whole ship. To be honest, it's Probably. quite a big ship. <laughs> I would hope so. It's just three of you just hanging out and like <laughs> anytime it's, it's so there's so little happens on there they're like, hey, we just managed to pair our security department down to less than the average Tesco. Like <laughs> Space Tesco. Yeah. Anyway, we're on the bridge. Um so those of you on the bridge can definitely see Earth now through the main viewport and it's it's a majestic sight. Uh, approaching Earth from space is you know, it's always something that kind of warms your your hearts you, you've all um been through starfleet academy you know this is sort of even for those of you who didn't grow up here which i believe is all of you um well aim you know lyra and uh sabin this or, or did lyra grow up on earth i know lyra grew up on earth um, okay. but she spent she was like uh eight nine yeah. when she came to earth so it still feels like home though yeah yeah, yeah. So you're definitely feeling the kind of homecoming vibes as the ship's on its final approach then. Um, it's been over a year since the Tenzing's been back here. Uh, you've stopped off at various other planets and star bases and such in that time, but uh, Earth always feels a little bit different. <laughs> um, both Ray and Murphy, you can't really see the captain's face properly from where you're standing at the back of the bridge, uh, but Murphy, you just managed to catch a glimpse of his reflection in the sort of shiny glass control panel on the arm of his captain's chair, and you can see he's definitely got a smile on his face uh, as the ship crests around the curve of the planet itself and the immense structure of Starbase One comes into view on the main screen. Uh, you've seen it before, of course, um, but it's, it's always impressive. Um, it's basically uh, a city in orbit, almost, uh, and it's, uh, the station is, as always, uh, abuzz with activity as uh, starships of all sizes come and go and you can make out a steady stream of shuttle traffic that's kind of making its way between the station and the surface of the planet. Uh, you're treated to a fantastic view of all of this as uh, Ensign Source expertly guides the Tenzing past the main station structure itself towards a cluster of kind of spider-like dry dock gantry assemblies uh, a short distance away. The ship seems to slow to a crawl as uh, Sauce matches velocities with the huge orbiting dockyard and guides it into its final position within the framework. The captain stands up and looks around the bridge. I, uh, I want to thank all of you for your hard work on this last mission. Uh, you've shown exemplary care and attention to your duties, and uh, this shore leave has been more than earned by every last one of you. Just uh, try not to party too hard at the New Year's celebrations. <laughs> I'd hate for our new chief medical officer to have to start her tenure by treating a bunch of hangovers. There's some uh, laughter at this uh, all around the room. Those of you who wish to attend Dr. Callis's uh, retirement reception, my understanding is it'll be taking place in 10 forward very shortly. So as soon as your duties are discharged, uh, I look forward to seeing you there. Uh, once again, thank you all. There's a short but uh, sincere round of applause uh, led by uh, Commander Talin, and uh, the captain turns to you, Murphy. Uh, Grant, Murphy, uh, can I see you both in my ready room, please? Uh, I believe there's something we need to discuss. Sir. So the three of you leave the bridge, uh, heading into the captain's ready room. As the door closes behind the trio, uh, Commander Talin looks around the bridge. I would like to echo the sentiments of Captain Collins. You have all performed sufficiently. As you are aware, shore leave is available to all crew during our time in dry dock, but we will still be following Starfleet regulations at all times regarding minimum crew levels. Be sure to stay up to date with duty assignments and raise all issues with your direct superiors. 
Lieutenant Commander Ray, I leave the bridge in your hands. Aye, sir. Most of the bridge crew uh, leave at this point, uh, heading for the turbo lifts, uh, a fully staffed bridge, not really required, (laughs) while in dry dock. And uh, Ray, you are left in the captain's chair, uh, along with Ensign Sadler, who's manning communications, and Ensign Soss, who remains on duty at the helm station. And is uh, obviously feeling a little pleased with his piloting job in bringing the ship in, uh, because he sort of drums his fingers triumphantly on the side of the console uh, before sort of looking around at everybody. All right. Okay. Good job, everybody. Good, good job. Good job, team. Uh, we did it. We're back. <laughs> good job, Ensign. Thank you. Uh, oh, th- sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> First time back to Earth, Ensign. Uh, for a little while, sir. Uh, yeah, uh, I made it back about a year ago. A buddy of mine's getting married. Uh, hell of a party. <laughs> How about you, sir? No, it's been a few years since I was back here. Thinking with uh, some of my leave, I might give the uh, might give the Andes another go. I can't say I've ever met them, sir. <laughs> no, they're not people, Ensign. The mountains. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went climbing on them many, many years ago. I might give it a try and try not to uh, lose my life this time around. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. This time around. Yes, that's exactly what I said, Ensign. The same is sort of uh, chuckling to himself. He, he he's sort of looking a little bit puzzled, but he sort of okay. He turns back to his station. You can see him sort of. So he brings up some diagnostics and starts scrolling away. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and then I go back to the pad that I was holding on to at the other station. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Lyra, you and uh, Lieutenant Commander Grant follow the captain into his ready room. And uh, he he doesn't um, he doesn't sit down behind his desk. He kind of turns and he sort of leans on the desk. Says, uh, "Right then, Murphy. Uh, sorry to spring this uh, meeting on you like this. Huh? I know Lieutenant Grant's been uh, keeping it all a bit quiet, but uh, well, Grant, maybe maybe you should uh, you should break the news. Grant is a human male who has been chief of security of the Tenzing for the last two years, and your boss turns to you and says." Well, Murphy, uh, is about the size of it. A few weeks ago, I got an offer from Starfleet Academy to uh, join their teaching staff. I guess someone took notice of all those phaser rifle drills I've been putting you all through. <laughs> anyway, uh, I've decided to take the job, and, uh, well, first thing I did was come to the captain here, put your name forward as my replacement chief of security. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know what to say... Well, we've worked together for some time now, and uh, frankly, you're the best person for the job, in my opinion. Thank you, sir. The captain cuts in at this point. Of course, this is up to you, Murphy. Uh, Feel free to decline if you want, but uh, know that you've got my full confidence should you decide to accept. I mean, I don't think the crew could handle two new coming in, sir, so... If it's all the same, I'd rather be here than anywhere else. Yes, sir. Smiling, uh, the captain uh, reaches back onto his desktop and picks up a small box, opening it to reveal a rank pip. I'm going to stand straight up with the straightest back ever and take the, the pin. Congratulations, Lieutenant Commander Murphy. I'm going to salute. Thank you, sir. I'm sure you won't let us down. I'll do my best. Smiling, he uh, shakes you by the hand before uh, saying, All right then, well, we can handle all the paperwork and formalities later. I uh, believe there's a party getting started downstairs that I don't intend to miss. He gestures toward the door, and uh, Commander Grant gives you an encouraging sort of smile and a wink as the three of you make to leave the ready room. Stepping out onto the bridge, uh, you can see it's down to just kind of like a skeleton crew now. Uh, Ray is in the captain's chair, uh, Soss is there, he seems to be carrying out a diagnostic at the helm, and you recognise Ensign Sadler manning the uh, comm station. Uh, this has all happened pretty quickly, <laughs> this turnaround with the promotion. Uh, what's Murphy feeling right now? A lot of shock, and um, she's kind of like catching herself a little bit, um, but following after him while... Um trying to attach her her new pin. <laughs> oh, she's just doing it on the go. Kind of thing. Yeah, she's like, shit, get it on there. 
like straightening her ja straightening her um her shirt and stuff. Just being like, okay. <laughs> Let's go. Did you say it's is it going on a little bit skewed or is it like yeah? Nope, nope. Yeah. She's trying to get it as straight as she can without yeah. like Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay. Johnny, you're onto your third row of phaser rifles. Things are going well. Um, you glance at the clock there, and you you do um, you do see uh, that it is actually coming up to the end of your shift rotation. So, what would you like to do? Um, okay. I didn't want to strand right. you in the inventory like the armory for the whole, a long time. Um, can I? Is is the shift actually finished? Am I off duty now? You're yes. You're 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 sort of. Um, yeah, you're within a couple of minutes. It's not like there's going to be a bell that... Oh, maybe there is a bell that rings. We don't ever see the end of a shift, really, do we? Yeah, true. Doesn't really happen on yeah. the show. Um, do they still, not have, like, he... a check... They check a screen and they just have a rough time. Yeah. Really. Okay. It's the uh, kind of thing where, like, his comm badge is going to tell anybody... Say, yeah. like, the computer's going to know where he is at any given moment. So yeah. he might be there with a few minutes to go, but he's going to be kind of, like, mm. really... Trying not to watch the clock and <laughs> trying to keep focused on the last bits of this job. You you could be on your way well to your quarters in your last few minutes. Yeah, you you finish up the job. You're so you're so efficient at this um, inventory work. You know you you know these phaser rifles inside and out. You finish the work a good ninety three seconds early, and feel oh. very proud of yourself. <laughs> okay, so on that note, then uh, he's going to head down to ten forward and or whatever equivalent it is. Yeah, and uh, look out the window. And, well, he's going to get a drink and look out the window. So first of all, I suppose we'll go and get a drink. Okay. So you, you walk into 10 Forward and you notice there's actually quite a lot of senior staff in here. Um, not that that's unusual, but um, considering as far as you knew, the, the ship was only just arriving at Earth. You assumed people would be busy with uh, other stuff. But as you walk in, you can see they are gathered around a face that you know fairly well, uh, Dr. Callis, who has been the ship's um, chief medical officer for well as long as you as long as, as long as you've been here. Um, it's a human woman. Um, I wouldn't want to give an exact age, but you know, looking towards retirement age, and um, there appears to be a bit of a celebratory mood happening as you walk in. Okay, um, given they've been on the ship together for the whole time i suppose johnny is it fair to say that he's aware that it's the last day for this this person and that there's a reason why this has happened yeah i mean it wouldn't it, it hasn't been kept quiet i mean i, th I think the, sh the crew would know that the, the doctor's leaving okay so it's kind of like a double whammy that he didn't just go down to look <laughs> out the window he's gone down to sort of like be involved with the festivities and uh, also look out the window and have an observation of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just head to the bar, kind of mingle through the crowd, not to anybody familiar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Get a drinky poo. At, at the bar, there is a Betazoid um, barman who is uh, gives you a sort of a, a recognize. You know, you, you know, you're not you're not new here. Sort of gives you a hey, how's it going? Kind of nod as you walk up. Uh, as he approaches the evening. Well, will it be, Anson? Hmm. I know, I'm feeling feeling celebratory. It's nice to be back at Earth, and obviously everybody else is here, so uh, let's, let's party. Um, give me something strong. Uh, how strong are we talking? I mean... Um, um, it's, it's early, I suppose I shouldn't go too hard. Give me give me something that's just gonna get set me off right. Give, give me a buzz. Okay, are we, are we, talking, are we talking real alcohol here, Anson, or are we talking... Oh, you want to stick to the synth, though? Oh well. Um, and Johnny thinks for a second: is he is he hardened as a drinker? Probably not. <laughs> um, How old is Johnny? He's not. He's, he's like fresh out of the academy, right? So he's got to be what, twenty four, twenty five? Yeah, somewhere around that. So he's, he's probably had some times. Yeah. He's been through university, basically. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, he... I'm sure Lyra has shared a drink with him on a, on occasion where he's like done a good job and like. She's felt he's earned it. Yeah, maybe you had like a celebratory drink of when you survived the uh, the shuttle crash. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, she would have offered him a drink, a real drink then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so that was possibly Johnny's first taste of real alcohol, and he he choked <laughs> it down, and it's sort of trying to hide a little bit. I mean, he's not really going to reveal much to this barman, but um, sing the whole, please. Okay, coming right up. <laughs> 
Um, it was a bit of a knowing kind of glance, like, <laughs> like I feel like Johnny's giving it the whole like, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know drinks, I know my drinks. Mm-hmm. Please pay no attention to the lack of, you know, <laughs> lack of age on me. I know, I'm a drinker. Um, I feel like you and I have both seen enough people like that in bars over the years. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the the barman gives a sort of knowing look, look, like he's he's picked up that you're trying to act like you kind of know what you're talking about and that, and uh, he returns with a, a synth ale for you. Uh, here you go, Ensign. Uh, one synth ale. Enjoy. Cheers. And, uh, picks it up, has a little swig, um, and yeah, wanders over to the window and just has a little peek out at Earth and sort of yeah. takes in the atmosphere around him. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really beautiful view out the the front viewport as the the ship has thankfully um, docked in sort of to this uh, dry dock platform with the orientation of pointing towards the planet at the front decks, which is lucky. <laughs> <laughs> as you uh, as you gaze out over the blue vista below you, uh, which nearly fills the whole viewport, uh, you can clearly make out the planet spin, uh, accentuated just slightly by the orbit of the dry dock. Uh, below you at the moment, Indonesia seems to be enjoying a mostly cloudless December day. Okay. The doors to the lounge open at this moment, and uh, you glance across Johnny to see the captain, uh, Commander Grant, and Murphy walk in. Uh, Murphy, uh, what would you like to do? I would like to smile and bid the captain and the commander a, a good evening and head to the bar. Uh, excuse myself and head to the bar. Okay. All right. You are greeted as well by this uh, basezoid um, barman. To, uh, hey, Lieutenant. Uh, and see him clock the extra pip. Uh, Lieutenant Commander, I guess. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. It was unexpected, but I'm glad. I'm glad. I finally have it now. <laughs> Time to celebrate then. Usual. Ah. Uh- I would, but I'm on duty at the moment, so... Fair, fair enough. Um, the uh, the safe usual? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Turns around. <laughs> Comes back with, what would the safe usual be? <laughs> like a lemonade? Um, <laughs> I would imagine it's something like a... Uh, maybe like a Bajoran sweet tea or something. Okay. Yeah, something like that. All right. Yeah, so he turns around and he says, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, here's two, uh, here's two uh, promotions. He, you see he's got he's gotten himself a, a tea as well. He raises the glass. I'm going to clink glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Just, wow, it's been a while since I've had Bajoran tea. Yeah, a bit different from, our, bit different from my usual. It's a nice taste of, of my other home. Hmm. Is Lyra going to stick around the bar, or is this a? Um, or is she going to join the thing, join the? the yeah, she's gonna it? she's gonna lurk at the bar for a little bit and and. Um, okay. Then approach Doctor Carlos and bid her congratulations and farewell. Hmm. So yeah, Doctor Callis is a, like I say, an older human lady. Um, she's sort of uh, she's got a um, also got a, a glass of what looks like um, synth ale in a in her hand. It's been uh, currently. Uh, her hand uh, shaken by the captain and um, as you walk up uh, uh, hello there lieutenant thank you for coming oh I see an extra pip on your collar lieutenant commander now is it <laughs> yes but I'm sad that you're going to be going well I've had a good long career <laughs> long enough to see a few too many youngsters like yourself pass through my sick bay doors believe me Besides, I should be most upset if I don't receive a call from you at least once in a while. Do you know where you're headed now? Or is it just... pitching up on the porch and letting the world roll by? Probably a little of both. Uh, It'll be good to go home first, at least. I don't know if you remember, but the last time the ship returned to Earth, I didn't even get to disembark. (laughs) Half the engineering department came down with that bout of denobulum flu, and we were all hands on deck for the entire time. (sighs) Oh, the smell wouldn't leave the halls for days. We're still finding it in Jeffrey's tubes around engineering. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> but yes, I think I'll put my feet up at home for catch up on my reading and um, then see where see where the wind takes me. At this point, then we'll we'll cut back to the bridge. Sabin, you are. Uh, what is it you are actually reading on your your pad, by the way? 
on the pad that I'm holding, I'm currently reading up on old but also still quite recent reports on um, lots of reports or like um, articles about um, the study of Borg physiognomy. It's one of Sabin's um, one of Sabin's things is he's fascinated by the way the Borg operate, the way they work. He's got this thing about uh, how nature and science actually sort of work in the same kind of way. Just one's created and one one is man-made and one isn't. And he's, he, he, he just finds it fascinating and also scary at the same time. So he's using his time watching over the bridge just to catch up on some what, what he considers light reading. Mm. Okay. Sauce at this point is, you can see he's, he's kind of run out of things to do. <laughs> I would say it's not been long, but it's been maybe half an hour since you were given the bridge. And Sauce, you can see his, as you glance up, has uh, seems to have finished all of his uh, diagnostics and such, and uh, seems to be just kind of staring blankly out of the forward view screen at Earth, uh, while sort of absentmindedly drumming his fingers on the side of his chair. Uh, he's, he's quiet for a couple of minutes before turning around to you again. Uh, so this uh, this Andy's trip, Commander, sounds like a sounds like it could be pretty dangerous stuff. Uh, you going on your own? Uh, no, nobody nobody coming along at the moment. But uh, I've got some friends living in uh, New Amsterdam. Might ask them if they want to come along. I mean, better safe than sorry, right, Commander? Uh, you know, probably for the best. <laughs> I had this buddy once back on Belarus. Uh, we knew each other from when we were just kids. Uh, the whole time I knew him, he had this grand plan. He was, uh, was going to be the first person to climb the highest mountain on every Federation homeworld. You know what happened to him, sir? Shuttle crash, first day of his trip. Very sad. <laughs> Before you can really uh, process Sauce's uh, odd anecdote, uh, there is a beeping sound from the communications console behind you, and Ensign Sadler, who's been manning it, says, uh, Commander, I'm receiving a wide beam communication broadcast from Starfleet Command, uh, system-wide. Put it on audio. Okay, immediately an, an older man's voice comes through. You, you don't personally recognize, but it's not long before it identifies itself. Starfleet headquarters to all ships in the system. This is Admiral Paris. The perimeter defense grid has detected transwarp signatures within one light year of Earth. I am ordering all vessels to converge on the following coordinates and prepare to engage the Borg. What do you do? <clears throat> uh, I stand up from the chair, mm -hmm. hold the pad down to my side, and think, think for a moment. I say, Ensign, see if you can raise the captain and ask him to report back to the bridge immediately. He should hear that message for himself. I mean, you've got a comm badge, but yeah, sure. Well, I'll let, I'll let him do it. All right. <laughs> just, fair enough, just delegating. Um, yeah, just delegating. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, Leary, you're, you're just in conversation with the Doctor when um, you hear the Captain's uh, comm badge um, uh, ping. And, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Bridge to Captain Collins. Go ahead. Sir, this is uh, Ensign Sadler of Communications. Uh, we've just received a Priority One communication burst from Starfleet Command, uh, system-wide, sir. You see him kind of uh, raise an eyebrow. He says, I'm on my way back up. Uh, can you give me the gist of the message, Ensign? He sort of steps away out of earshot of you, Murphy, uh, heading for the doors, and um, he doesn't make it more than a few metres away before he stops dead in his tracks. And you can clearly hear him say, even over the hubbub of ten forward, Ah, shit. I'm on my way. Go to Yellow Alert. Turns back to the assembled uh, crew. Listen up, everyone. Uh, the system defence grid has picked up incoming Borg. This is not a drill. We've all trained for this. We all know what to do. We will get through this. I want you back at your stations on the double. Now, let's move people. He looks to Dr. Callis. Sorry, Doc. Uh, looks like we'll have to cut your party a little short. She gives him a sort of... one of her signature sort of wry grins and says, Ah, uh, oh, just like the Borg to turn up without an invitation. I'll be in sickbay, Captain. He nods, turns, and heads to the turbo lift, just as flashing indicator lights hum to life, showing that the ship is now at yellow alert. 
Ray, you uh, hear the exchange between Ensign Sadler and the captain, and a minute later, the bridge turbolift doors open and the captain steps in. So at that point, I stand back up from the chair I've sat back down in. Captain on the bridge. Report, Commander. The message came directly from Admiral Paris, broadcasting on all Federation frequencies. Right. Get us set to leave dry dock. Go to red alert when we're clear. I'll take that chair, Commander. Aye, sir. Ensign Sadler, open a shipwide channel. You're on, sir. All hands, this is Captain Collins. Starfleet Command has detected Borg vessels on a direct inbound course for Sector 001. We will be joining Admiral Paris Fleet Command in the defense of Earth. All hands to stations. Civilian personnel, report to your designated evacuation points for immediate emergency transport to Starbase 1. Remember your training, everyone. We'll all get through this. You can see that Sauce is back into like full professional mode, or all focus at the helm, uh, getting the ship back up to power and ready to leave. And there's a subtle change in the background hum as the Tenzing's warp core comes back to full readiness. Sauce turns and says, uh, All hatches closed and umbilicals retracted. We're ready to depart, Captain. Take us out, Ensign. So, uh, back in 10 forward, uh, Connor and Murphy, uh, what are you doing? Um, I mean, jo Johnny, I'm guessing you weren't really in that main kind of group with the Doctor and that, so you probably didn't hear the Captain's initial sort of exchange. Uh, yeah. But you definitely, uh, well, as with everybody else, would have heard the uh, captain's follow-up message over the uh, over the communicator from the bridge. Um, so, so yeah, what what are you doing? Okay, so he's going to put his um, glass of synthahol down, um, kind of pull himself together, adrenaline rush, have the effects of the synthahol wear off. <laughs> it's like a big bad day to start drinking. <laughs> yeah, um, and. He's going to go and man his station wherever that is. I suppose where where is? I mean, he's going to go to security and. Um... Mm. Well, you see, uh, you see Murphy, also um, ahead of you as well. Oh, of course. Okay, so seeing Murphy ahead, um, he's going to call after her. Uh, Lieutenant Murphy, Lieutenant Murphy. Right. We need to get ourselves organised. I would assume that they would get themselves. Uh, the security teams at least would start getting organized to and um, um, arm themselves at least just potential for potential um Borg incursion yeah there'd be protocols in place for yeah. what to do in this situation at this point we're um we're like five years after the first contact mm. events so like it's not the first time it's been and like before that it was quite a few years before you know the first yeah. Borg battle so you know Borg are not unheard of. You know, there's proce procedures in place. Yeah, so imagine uh, she would want detailed security sweeps and scans of the, sp the surrounding space. Mm. Um, so she would probably put Johnny on that. Okay. I want you to go get on the scanners. Look for anything that looks out of the ordinary. Hi, sir. Are you talking okay. internally in the ship, or...? as like externally, sort of patrols externally okay. yeah well externally the um the bridge there'd be a sensors officer well actually uh, ray would be back on the sensors i would assume yeah so i mean on the bridge you've got a tactical station to take and i mean there are other security stations up there if you wanted johnny to be there or he you know there's other places you can send him like on in the ship i'm not sure then <laughs> you, you still yeah no you, you that's fine um you still have um commander um grant with you as well so i mean He's, he's sort of giving you the nod of like you know you're in charge now sort of thing but he's he's still there to help I have a suggestion given I was working with phasers previously um, those phasers probably need to be set to a particular setting now to deal with the Borg Freaks. Yeah, so they would I could go and calibrate the, the weapons yeah yeah we, yeah, we could do that and um, recalibrate them to like a routine module frequency yeah, yeah. Modulating frequency. Yeah. That's modulating it. Frequency. I, yeah, yeah I that's what it was. I couldn't <laughs> remember all last of week, and I was like, "Yeah, this is going to come in handy." <laughs> Funny enough, so did I. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's what we'll do then. Mm. Okay, yeah. So you sort of head off back in the direction of the armory, Johnny Murphy. You're heading back to the bridge. I take it. Are you? Yeah. 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 Back up to the bridge. Um, you arrive at the uh, 
the bridge to sort of with the view out of the viewport of the the ship kind of earth kind of pitching wildly ahead as as, <laughs> as it um, leaves dock and forms up with a flotilla of other starfleet ships also leaving uh, starbase one heading out from earth you take your position at tactical and you can see as you approach your station that it has switched to a combat mode automatically uh, with the declaration of red alert and you have a comprehensive rundown of the ship's shield status and weapon systems at your fingertips Johnny, uh, you arrive at the armory at basically the same time as another member of the security department, a Bolian named Lieutenant Sota. Uh, she's got a pretty intense look on her face and uh, looks to you as you approach. Here for the phasers. Hi, sir. I'm here to uh, set them to modulating frequency to deal with the Borg. Good, good. I'll take the racks on the left, you take the ones on the right. We need to be ready for any incursions. Other security teams should be on their way here. Get those rifles configured and distributed. Aye. And he immediately sets about the task, grabbing phases, flicking switches, and passing them on to the next person. Hmm. Yeah, there's it's, as I said, there's there's actually quite a few security personnel on board ship, so they you know they've all kind of we can sort of say that um, maybe uh, Commander Grant was you know took the role of um, organising security teams as um, Murphy went to the tactical station. Um, just to avoid you having to just do a bunch of admin, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's half of this game. We're just doing admin. That's what it is. <laughs> Gonna need these spreadsheets oh, on the my paperwork. desk. Paperwork. Yeah, it's paperwork. The game. A lot of board meetings. <laughs> Some track. Yeah. The ad hoc fleet of Starfleet vessels begins to form up as they converge on the uh, incursion point. And uh, at your station, Ray, it's not long before you begin to detect with the ship's sensors the telltale signature of a Borg transwarp aperture. So I, um, I'm looking at the instrumentation. Hmm. Sensors are picking something up, Captain. Bearing 74, Mark 121. Hmm. Right what we thought it would be. Any read yet on incoming Borg ships? Scanning now. Okay, let's do a skill check. So. This for you would be a reason science roll, and I'm going to need somebody to do a on 2d 20s. I'm going to need somebody to roll for the ship as well. So this would be sensors um, science. I'll I'll roll for the ship if you like. Well, you're doing your main rolls, so okay. I need you to do uh, reason science, which for you is just <laughs> to get successes. You need anything under 17, and. Because you're using ship systems, you also get a roll for the ship as the third dice, basically, and somebody else can roll that. Okay. And that's sensor science, so that's under 16 on the ship dice. I'll go first then. Okay. Okay, well, that's two successes because <laughs> you need it under 17. And I should have said the difficulty for this is actually three, so you need three successes to resolve this. Right. So, um, who wants to roll for the ship? I'm 1d20. Yep. There we go. Here 16. We go. Thank you, Dragon. We needed under 16, 16 or under as well. So that's just, just, just done it there. Okay, so yeah, you ha you do still have a um, a lot of trouble. The, there's a lot of um, a lot of interference coming off of this um, the sort of anomaly, but you're definitely getting what the sent you know what the ship's computer is identifying as Borg signatures. You can't yet resolve what um, what it is yet. This this thing is kicking out a lot of radiation. It it looks like a wormhole in space, basically, and it's, it's already been pre-identified as this is a transwarp signature coming from it. But the um, you can't quite resolve yet to what kind of ships, yeah, what you know configuration of ship is coming through at all. But you get a count on it as fluctuating between one and two ships. Scans are somewhat inconclusive, Captain. There's definitely Borg signature out there, but. There's two signatures phasing in and out of each other. I can't get it any clearer than that right now, Captain. Uh, well, we'll know soon enough. Keep me apprised. Aye, sir. There's a tense few moments as the fleet comes to a halt within weapons range of the transwarp aperture. And then suddenly, with a burst of light and a scattering of tachyon radiation that briefly lights up several particle sensors on your station ray, the aperture expands, and the space directly in front of the fleet is filled with a massive spherical vessel. Constructed in the characteristic style of the Borg, 
interlocking dark metal plating and conduits barely concealing a menacing green internal glow. The voice of the Admiral again rings out over the bridge's speakers. This is Admiral Paris. Use all necessary force. I repeat, all necessary force. The eyes of everyone on the bridge are fixed on the oncoming sphere, filling the viewscreen more and more with every passing moment. Get a target lock on that thing, Murphy. Scanning now, sir. Fire at will as soon as you have a solution. Fire at will, sir. This is all Brian. weapons firing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you firing? Phasers or torpedoes? Um, I'd imagine phasers first because torpedoes will need to load and yeah, load through shields. Yeah. So I will go phasers first. Okay. On a modulating frequency. Alrighty. <laughs> so, can I get a uh, control and security roll from you? So, that's this is a difficulty two shot. So, you need two successes. You need under 14 on two dice, and somebody else needs to roll the weapons and security for the ship. So, that is to get under a 10 on one dice. 2d20. Ooh, 24. Ooh, okay. Well, I'm not going to lie. The 20 is not great. Um, 20 <laughs> is equivalent of a natural one. Um, and the 16 is also not under 10. Although you do, you've got one success. So, <laughs> here's the problem. Um, that is a failure. So, on a failed roll, there's different things I can do here as a game master. I can. How can I take this? I can. I can either gain threat points I can spend later <laughs> um, to make things harder for you, or I can have it be a, a complication happens. I should. Oh do. no! But you I, want to scheme? It's scheme. one or the other. I either make things harder <laughs> later on, or I. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's got to be your complication. choice. I'm, I'm, I think from I'm not a purely away from you on that. <laughs> a purely narrative point of view, I'm going to have it be a complication. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so you go to fire the um, the phaser. Um, you got your one success, so I'm going to take that into uh, into consideration. There. So uh, yeah, you're pretty confident in your target lock on the Borg sphere. Uh, you've studied the training sims for fighting off Borg vessels, and you know that you've got some leeway with phaser frequencies before the Borg will adapt. So, you fire the ship's phasers. It's a hit. Dead on target. Phasers, however, do not penetrate the shields. Instead, where your shot landed, the sphere shielding shimmers in what looks like a kind of heat haze effect. And after a moment's pause, your tactical panel confirms what the sinking feeling in your stomach was already telling you. The sphere has already adapted to your weaponry. Damn. The ship isn't the only one firing at it, though. Mm. There are other, other beams lancing out from the fleet towards it, but you can't help but feel like that could have gone better. Mm-hmm. It seems to have adapted to the shield modulation already, sir. I'll try another another frequency. I'm just imagining Luke going, oh no, I've, I've, oh, I've bought dead up there. <laughs> I've made it hard for us. Like, fuck! <laughs> fuck! Um, Freaking Borg! Okay. <laughs> as you see the oncoming sphere not slowing as it's heading towards the fleet, um, the Tenzing is fairly central as well in the fleet, so you're kind of almost prime target. Um, you can see the uh, Ray, you, you, now that you're resolving your your senses a lot easier, now that it's right in front of you, you almost can see on them, even just on the main view screen, um, part of the the Borg sphere glow with the light of a charging phaser beam, and you instinctively brace for the incoming blast. Blast that doesn't come. As you watch, the sphere detonates. In a massive explosion. Fragments too large to be destroyed outright in the blast are flung outwards from the center, tumbling away through space and burning with an intense green flame as whatever internal fuel the sphere used ignites. What caused the explosion 
you have no idea. Certainly none of the weapons fired from the assembled Federation fleet seem to be having much of an effect. It is then, Ray, that your sensors panel pings yet again, identifying a new contact emerging from the expanding cloud of burning debris and gas that's all that's left of the Borg ship. I would do a scan. Okay. So, can I get another... Well, this would be the same as before, so... Sensors. 2D20? Yeah, 2D20, going for reason science, so you're going for under 17, and again from the uh, Penzing. 19 and a 6, so that's one success... And a four from the ship, so that's two successes. So, okay, with all the debris flying around, it's first tough to tell what's um, what's really happening here. But your senses resolve and pick it up as a Federation signature. Captain, that second signature is still there. It identifies as Federation. This, the information scrolling down your screen, and it's. Um, as the, the sensors fully resolve. Federation Transponder Identification NCC 74656 USS Voyager. It's the USS Voyager, Captain. The captain sort of stands up and says, Where the hell did they come from? The belly of the beast? The Delta Quadrant? <laughs> the threat of the Borg defeated then. And with a sense of confusion, but elation at the sudden appearance of the long-lost ship, the fleet forms up around Voyager, forming an honour guard of sorts, and sets a final course back to Earth, bringing them home after seven long years in the Delta Quadrant. Party! <laughs> Everybody gets drunk. <laughs> Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we all hope you've enjoyed this first chapter of Frontier. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time on Thursday, September 16th, uh, with the next episode, uh, including the introduction of Dr. Irula. And uh, we sincerely hope that you'll join us for the rest of this adventure. Uh, in the meantime, you can get in contact with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of which we're at Pretend with Dice. Uh, we'd love for you to join our Discord server, the links to which are in our Twitter bio and on the contact page of our Podbean site at pretendingwithdice.podbean.com and finally if you'd like to support the show on Ko-Fi uh, you can find us there at ko-fi.com slash pretendingwithdice uh, so for now that's our show uh, we hope you all enjoyed it we'll see you next time <laughs> <laughs>